Yeah, Ben, we are in our third Stanley Kubrick movies. It's becoming a favorite director of ours. We started off with Dr. Strangelove, which came out in 1964, and then 2001, A Space Odyssey, which I think was in 68. And here we are now on A Clockwork Orange, 1971. We're approaching Kubrick, not in direct order, but I think these three movies have been in direct order. And... uh, (laughs) Speaking of doing things in order. <laughs> oh, geez. This yep. has been a, a crisis, uh, right, Ben? <laughs> oh, my God. Yes. So this is our second attempt at recording <laughs> A Clockwork Orange. The first time, we got about an hour and a half. It was a, it was almost an hour, 45-minute show it was going to be, and we were we were on fire. We yeah. were... Ben goes, oh, God. And I said, no. <laughs> no. No, 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 no. <laughs> and the answer was yes, 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 <laughs> yes, yes, yes. <laughs> the file we were recording on was totally lost, and yeah, we lost a bunch of content. And here we are recording again uh, a couple days after that. So hopefully we got some fresh, fresh takes on it. But uh, yeah, it was it was quite devastating. My heart dropped right when that happened. Yeah, I, I anyways, quit. I walked out. I said, you yep. know, screw you and everybody you've ever known. <laughs> That's exactly what he said. Yep. So uh, oh, crazy. Here we are again. Yep. Yeah, but so this, I think, is a bit of a podcast rite of passage, though, from what we understand. Yeah. So it's, it's happened to other people. So that made me actually feel better. So it's yeah. uh, uh, three years of doing this is the first time this has ever happened. So I, I can't be doing too bad. So, but uh, but yeah, it's Stanley Kubrick. The it's just crazy. You know, you said Doctor Strange Love. You said two thousand one Space Odyssey. Now we're doing a Clockwork Orange. How totally different are each three of these films? I know, right? You know, topic wise, thematically, just it's just insane just what uh, range this guy has yeah i mean you could pick up the cues in the way there's definitely a kubrick feel to his movies clearly i mean there's no mistaking them i don't Mm -hmm. think but yeah as you say i mean they couldn't be set in more different places they couldn't be doing more different things they couldn't be telling more different stories right which is not you know not that i not that not to hate on scorsese but Generally, you're going to get a mob film, right? Right, yeah. Or, or yeah, something or... along those lines dealing with like crime or an underworld or something even – I mean, even Raging Bull touches on that. You get the you know the whole thing with Jake LaMotta not wanting to go along with the mob. Uh, almost every right. Scorsese movie deals with that. And uh, I don't know. Yeah, you like, just like – just as you said – Every you know you get you're getting placed in all these different worlds and they're all incredible they're all right. amazing and every one of these films shows me something new I you know I, I Strange Love showed me something brand new 2001 blew both of our minds and this one kind of does the same thing they're so approachable but yet so foreign and unique and they these happened I don't know almost 50 years ago now and they feel right. fresh. Yeah, and then then he touches on horror movies with The Shining, and then he goes into war movies. Obviously, he did Paths of Glory, and then yeah. he did, you know did uh, Full Metal Jacket. It's just yeah, just crazy what what he, what he does. But yeah, each of his movies just yeah are continuing to blow our minds. And A Clockwork Orange is you know no exception. I mean that's this is a movie that's got a lot going on, a lot a lot happening, a lot uh, you know a lot to talk about here. So I'm definitely I mean even though we already talked 
talked about it <laughs> as we said at the beginning of the show. I'm actually right. kind of excited to to go through this again and kind of kind of break this thing down. So am I. I mean, it's almost it's it's pushing the idea beyond movies and into art. Kubrick is more than just a movie director. It feels like I mean, there's so much he puts into these films. There's so much depth in every single scene. This isn't like watching most any other movie. If you really pay attention, you are like, Jesus Christ. He's like, this is so well put together. Yeah. Every little second. Right, yeah, the attention to detail is just insane. I mean, it goes to show, I mean, there's been so many, you know, stories over the years of actors saying, like, just how many takes he actually does uh, for, you know, each scene, even if it's, like, the smallest of scenes. He just wants to do so many takes because he's a perfectionist. So any guy like that, you know, everything, every single shot in his movies has to mean something. You know, it, it, it's, you know, it's, it, that again, it, it goes to the, yeah, the whole thing about you saying how much depth it has. It's just every single shot means something. Every single, you know, thing on set means something. The piece of furniture, a picture in the background, or just something. It's just, it's just crazy. He, I believe he, he made movies from the 50s to the 90s. And he he didn't have that many films. You'd, you'd think he would have made more. We probably touched on this also as well in, in one of these, either in Strange Love and uh, 2001, is the fact that he really didn't make that many movies. It was, it's like a dozen or, 12, right. or 13 or 14. Yeah. And from what I understand is he took all that time in between to prepare for the next one, and it really shows. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, it's just... Again, it's hard not to appreciate that, just how much care goes in into these movies. Um, obviously, Clockwork is a is a controversial one. Uh, it's been known to be a, a lot of his films, you know, have that controversial side. But I, this one seems like it probably was the most controversial one. Um, how so? Just, to, to, uh, just the, I mean, obviously, stories I've you know read and stories I've heard just about um, you know, I mean, the look violence. at it. I mean, it's, it's, yeah, the violence, the raping, the you know, just everything that's in it. Um, is uh, you know, especially for 1971. I mean, yeah, this movie yeah. was this movie was rated X. Uh, That's crazy we, to me, y- right? Like, it this was, is on porn. This is on on like the same like platform as hardcore porn. Like that's yeah. I mean, that's that's how they judged it back then. Because there's no blood. Uh, yeah, there's no blood, and there's really you know, there's no. I mean, there's. I mean, it's brutal. You know, Don't new, get me wrong, and the depictions oh, right. are yeah. intense. Yeah, so that's kind of crazy right i mean yeah yeah it's it's it is crazy i mean and obviously this came off of a book uh but apparently you know this was released in uh in london and then you know there was reports of like copycat violence like copycats of this like there was someone who you know invaded a home and sang uh, singing in the rain you know just like in this movie it happens so uh i guess kubrick was getting death threats so he pulled the movie out of the london theaters because you know he was getting death threats so i mean controversial in that way obviously so i mean it's uh i i can't see any of his other films having that sort of effect but no probably uh, not and I, and I think most of it occurs in the first say 15 minutes yeah the first 15 minutes are crazy man and maybe we maybe we should start by like covering that period of of the film yeah let's do it and it opens with the classic kubrick stare <laughs> Yep, by Malcolm oh, McDowell. Man. I mean, it's that it's that set. We saw it uh, by Jack Nicholson. 
um, in The Shining. We've seen it in a few of his movies. I don't. I'm trying to think where else to exactly place it, but it's a classic shot where you have the the actor's head sort of tilted, maybe 45 degrees down, and he's looking straight up to the sky with like a smirk. And it's just like pure. It's almost like pure evil. That yeah, look, you know <laughs> what a way to captivate you right away. And then, well, first of all, we we had that. You know, uh, I love how Kubrick. He did it in two thousand one. He did it in this. He puts you in the mood before the movie actually starts. So you get that big bright orange screen with oh, the yeah. music. Then it flashes to blue, and then back to orange with that music. It just totally. Gets you in the mood for this movie experience. I I, I think that's m- movies should do that. Like because sometimes you you go to a movie and you're not totally in the right mindset yet. Whereas Kubrick, he puts you in that mindset first. You know, just like let me let me get these them ready for it, and then boom, yeah. Again, we get that Kubrick stare. Yeah, we also get this from Vincent D'Onofrio in Metal in uh, Full Metal Jacket. Which yeah, forget, full, yeah, yeah, exactly. That's exactly yes, the yes. same look. Yeah, good call. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we got that z- great zoom, zoom out shot of uh, him and then with the narration and then we get the, uh, a hint of the, the language in this film, the language, man, that's, <laughs> it's so out there. We get a lot uh, of like tight in this movie, we get a lot of tight shots that pull back yeah. slowly. This happens. I don't, I'm almost mad. So just, I'm just going to throw out 10 times at least. Where you get right. something tight, pulls back, that reveals something really crazy going on in a scenario. And, yeah, what we get in this is a whole bunch of, like, bent-over nude women mannequins as tables. This is a milk bar that they're spiking with drugs. These guys are on drugs. And, yeah, you get the narration, which is amazing. Yeah. In this strange language, like... You don't really know the words that he's saying all the time, but you still get what he means by them. Right? Yeah, yeah. He's got like he calls the head like his mind the Gulliver. Yeah. Is he me, old Gulliver? Yeah. And then <laughs> the old in out, in out, and then the the sophistos and the vidi. We we'll watch this vidi. It's <laughs> you're never really it's, lost or confused. It's like it's strange, but not right. bad. Now, what do you think overall of the of the narration and voiceover in this film? I think it's great. I think this is a great use of narration. I think Malcolm McDowell's voice is just perfect for it. Just kind of explaining. They kind of kind of are doing it tongue in cheek in a way. Just uh, you yeah, know, yeah. just kind of making jokes to the audience, like he referring to himself as the narrator. You know, <laughs> yeah, you're uh, good narrator, brothers. Yeah, yeah, my, <laughs> yes, my brothers. I feel the same way. I feel like this might be the best voiceover movie I've ever seen. In mm-hmm. a lot of ways, I mean, you could tell that this is from yeah. a novel, and the the dialogue and language it almost still feels like a novel, but it doesn't bother you. And I don't know if it's the way it's written, and also the delivery by Malcolm McDowell, which is incredible. Uh, you know, you go. I, I can't help but think of like the first Star Wars, where you get the critique from Harrison Ford saying, "Yeah, you can write it, but you sure as hell can't say it." Kind of right, thing. exactly, yeah. But somehow it gets met in this movie. And I don't know if, you know, Kubrick was whipping Malcolm McDowell to read it correctly or something, but 
it does get read right, and it's not typical dialogue. It feels like you're reading a book almost as you're watching it. It like does all that for you. Right, yeah, there's just something about Malcolm McDowell's voice and, yeah, just the, the actual written, what what was written for it yeah. is just so captivating. It's just it's crazy. And then uh, it, um, the language, I guess, was had Russian influences. I guess a lot of the words are Russian, yeah, uh, which I read about, um, which is very interesting. Yeah, um, and yeah, it's just you just kind of like you said, you just kind of go along with it. You might not understand what specifically that word means, but you understand what they're getting at, right? Uh, it just it adds an interesting element to this movie. You know, it's that qu- uh, Kubrick quirkiness. You're in a different world. You're in a world that's different than yours. You're in the future, which I, which I think I pieced together is 1995, mm-hmm. uh, because at some point he mentions he's driving. They steal a car, and he says it's a 95 something. Yeah, I was wondering of that because I heard that at one point, and I was like, wait, is this the future? Um, yeah, so it's it's crazy how it's subtle, but it's there. And I've even seen this as like a science fiction movie, which I really don't. By uh, oh really I I didn't, you said people are saying it's a science fiction movie yeah I think Some it's made say. like lists as like best sci- sci-fi movies oh something, no something. and yeah. I don't I don't feel that at all other than the fact that it takes place in the future I don't see this as science fiction right no definitely not not with you De- there psychological thriller maybe but uh, right not sci-fi yeah definitely um, just doing something in the future is not enough to qualify for me. Definitely. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, as we say, they're in that milk bar, and you know yeah. he's got his droogs, his droogs, and they're about to you know, drink this milk to get them ready for some ultra violence. <laughs> ultra violence, like what an interesting word. Uh, so yeah, then it cuts to the homeless guy, and then that's when they they beat up this homeless guy, you know, just because they're just in the narration. He's saying how he's disgusted by you know people like that, and especially when you're old and are going on about this, you know. You're basically like useless, so I'll I might as well just like beat you up. <laughs> right, <laughs> I know it's like okay, yeah, that's that's much better. Um, and then but we it, see, yeah, how just it it gets worse from there, right? We get more violence and brutality. He, we see like a rival kind of gang, and they're raping a girl, and it's yeah, man, it's beautifully shot and done. There's a camera <laughs> that slowly pans lower to like classical music, and they take this chick and rip off her clothes and rape her and then right. Alex's gang the Malcolm McDowell gang they come and fight those guys and they're Malcolm McDowell they're wearing a, like these white shirts and and pants and these black hats and, and army boots yeah and then their verse is like these army looking dressed up guys and they clash and fight and it's almost like a circus of violence in a way it's, <laughs> right it's yeah like, it's crazy it's like stylized for it's like dun, 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 but like you know, not quite but it's <laughs> yeah. like so it's almost like they just discovered like breaking chairs and stuff <laughs> like they're like breaking they're just like every other shot is them breaking a chair on someone or breaking a fake you know a glass on someone's face yeah, yeah. it's just like oh the special effects uh, special effects department you know found some cool things they can do now <laughs> what's what's partially going on though is we're also one thing we get in this movie and throughout is we're getting a window into Alex's mind. Right. Always. So I think even this like crazy, almost silly sequence of violence is 
almost how he sees it himself. You know, yeah. versus like what's really going on. It's like his yeah, like, that, like because yeah, it's it's kind of fun, you know, watching them in a way. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's just like yeah, so you're kind of seeing it from his perspective, yeah. like the joy he gets out of it, and you're just like, <laughs> you know, you're just kind of along for the ride. You're like, yeah, I guess that's that's kind of fun. <laughs> so yeah, you. That's a lot of point of Kubrick's purpose in this first half is to get you to understand Alex. To get you to understand why he does what he does, mm-hmm. to fully kind of comprehend, not necessarily his motivations, but at least kind of understand how he got to where he is and why he's doing what he does, and it's not great, and he's really pretty evil. <laughs> right. No, definitely, and yeah, we get we get some of that, and uh, you know, when he's back in his apartment listening to good old Ludwig Van. Yeah. Ludwig Van, I love how he says that. Um, he, a yeah, love he loves for his class. Yeah. yeah, love for Beethoven. And while he's listening to it, he gets flashes of just like a girl hanging, and then like uh, him as like a vampire, yeah. and and just like gruesome images of just uh, different stuff. And you're just like, okay, this guy is pure evil. <laughs> you know, he's getting joy out of out of all of that. Right. It's like the what you think is a nightmare is his like. You know, happy dream. Yeah. <laughs> so, so yeah, K- Kubrick is just does such a great job of putting you again in that mindset. Uh, and then obviously we do the car ride with uh, the Durango ninety five. <laughs> That's Which right. Isn't yeah. a D- Durango a truck? I thought a du- or a yeah. Dodge didn't pay attention. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> but uh, and then we get uh, to the scene where you know they go to the house and they're doing the old uh, I forget what he calls it, but he <laughs> yeah the old uh, break in or whatever. So yeah, they pretend they're this you know, is crazy. Stranded on the side of the road, they you get a shot of the guy typing on a typewriter pans over and it's the you know woman sitting there in that cool little chair how beautiful um, really just this in inside this house this set right. this shot the sequence mm-hmm. oh, jesus yes, man it's it's really it's 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 well shot it's uh, obviously th- this is maybe the most distinct disturbing point in the movie yep. um but also but at the, the, most but at the same right yeah but at the same time it's the most yeah just easy <laughs> i don't know just you're kind of just like enthralled by it you're just yeah, you're it's, torn. it's like yeah because yeah they break in and you know they start beating up the old man right and then uh yeah they you know rip off her clothes and you know they're gonna obviously rape her but during this whole thing <laughs> malcolm malcolm mcdowell our our character alex Start singing, singing in the rain. Ugh. I'm singing in the rain. A like slap. It's it just yeah. Da, 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 da. Here's a cane in your face. Bam. Yeah, it's just, he's so he's so charismatic. Like it's just so hard to look away. You're just kind of just like captivated by it. You're just like, wow, this is actually fun to watch. Yeah, right and now. they bust into the house giggling and laughing. I mean, this is like legit fun for them. Right. It's not like they're like. It's not like a, I want to call it like what we see now is like a ghetto depiction where like, f you man, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna fuck you up, I'm gonna take your shit, I'm gonna rape your wife. It's not like right. that. It's like, ha ha ha, hey sucker, here's a cane <laughs> to your face. <laughs> We're yeah. just giggling and laughing as we do it. We're just, it's a totally right like, bizarre mindset. You can't. It's it's yeah. not even anger really. It's just like. You're like high on like the adrenaline, and you're right. just gonna ride that thing out. 
Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, it's it's, uh, and what's what's cool too is that uh, Malcolm McDowell. So I mean, Kubrick. You know, they did the scene a lot without the singing in the rain part, and Kubrick thought it. You know how you know it just seemed too stiff. It seemed almost too dark. Oh well, yeah, um, super it, brutal, right? Just yeah, super brutal. Just them just coming in and doing that, and then uh, yeah, he so he was like, you know, what what can we add to it? So Malcolm McDowell came up with the. Singing in the rain bit, so that's that's how we got that. So that's a little cool production. Uh, you get like violence as performance art, right? I mean, you get I don't know. It's like, hey, look at me. It's like stylized. It's stylized. It's, it has like a sequence to it. We're giggling as we do it. It's nuts. And again, you cannot be. You can't help but as this horrible thing is happening on screen, you can't help but love how it's choreographed and depicted, right. and like directed, because it's beautiful and horrific. <laughs> right? <laughs> I know. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's hard to, hard to look away. I mean, obviously when you look at, uh, look at it on paper, you're like, oh wow, that's, that's gruesome and everything, but yeah. just the way it's filmed. And then he's wearing that mask with like the long nose, the nose and yeah. Then, yeah, then he like, they show a shot of him looking at the guy, like telling him what he's about to do to his wife. And this is like a fisheye lens looking right at him. And it's just oh, like that guy's eyes and yeah, and yeah, the fisheye eyes looking at the guy and everything. But yeah, that fisheye lent, uh, shot of him, uh, Alex looking at the camera too, is just such a cool looking shot right there. Uh, I so. noticed that Kubrick used a lot of wide shots in this movie. Uh, no matter what the what the scene was or what the scenario was, right. a lot of things were shot wide. Yeah, and, definitely. You know, I'm getting stuff I've never seen before. This guy blows me away every time I see one of his movies. I mean, they can't even. It really it does. It's so good, it can't even be copied. Because if it what was able to be copied, it would have been done before, and we would have thought of it as old and cliche and lame. They still feel fresh somehow. So, <laughs> yeah. I mean, now, do you think? Uh, you know, because I've obviously heard this movie described as disturbing and all that. But uh, do 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 you think? 2000 or 2018 eyes are seeing it a little differently than they would have saw it in 2000 or in 1971. Oh, I would think like there would certainly be no X rating. Um, but you know, when there's a lot of things going on here, like the depiction of, of women in general, uh, the artwork on a lot of people's houses, the easiness of women, the crass nudity, the rapes, right? I, and in some ways, I think we've gotten more um i don't know what puritanical is the right word but we're like we're we're more restrictive on that sort of thing i think in in some ways we've i wouldn't say that we're i don't know i don't know i don't want to in terms of rating i mean i certainly get an x rating but the idea of rape i don't know We're, we're i think we're tighter on that than we used to be yeah yeah i'd i'd say that too um, I mean, I could see it being more disturbing in 1971 uh, in, in, than in 2018. I don't know. I guess I don't know. I feel like I've I've seen a lot more disturbing <laughs> movies more recently than I have, you know, than in older movies. But um, but this one is different in the sense that it's showing you something disgusting, but also doing it in a beautiful way that has a purpose and a point. Right. This, this violence, as you've, and, and I guess maybe that's the distinction here. All of this, what this is showing you, has meaning and a reason. It's not senseless. Right. You know? Yeah. 
Yeah, because I mean, this, this, the, I mean, because this is what we've talked about so far is all in within the first 15 minutes of the movie. So, I mean, this is getting you in the mindset and the, of who this character is, you know, right. who, what this world you're living in is and what's, what this character is. So, I mean, it's, yeah, like I said, it, it, it does give meaning in that regard, plus just what, what is going to happen later in the movie and, yeah, Kubrick is doing his best to say, this guy's a really evil dude, and I'm going to show you how evil he is. Let's take a little journey into his life, you know, right. and here's what's going to happen to him, which we, we move on later. So it's not like a pointless just blowing people's heads off, raping for nothing. So Right. Yeah, you you got to get, you gotta get uh, your audience in that mindset. Sorry. I just want to just quickly say one thing. This is not quite the same analogy, but it's almost the same as a Schindler's List in a sense where you're like, here's what they did to these people. I'm going to depict it realistically. And then I'm going to tell you the lesson, you know, that kind of thing. This is almost touching on that, you know? Right. Yeah. Cause you got to get your audience to, you know, again, be in that mindset and to, you know, to be torn once, you know, the certain events that happen throughout the movie, you know, once he, you know, possibly is redeemed and things like, but then looking back. So, I mean, you've got to be, you got to be torn as an audience member. So, I mean, yeah, it's, it's again, just not just senseless violence, not just senseless acts. It's an again, incredibly he, honest film. Right. Yes. No, that's a good call there. Yeah, de- definitely an honest film. It's not, it doesn't hold back any punches. It's just, it's showing you what this guy does and what, uh, what what he's capable of in this evil mindset um and can it be controlled though can it be controlled which we'll, we're going to get to in a minute here um so uh, obviously i want to mention too though the um so obviously we already mentioned the Lud- ludwig van um we get the lady singing the opera in the milk bar again once they're done with this their violence they want to wind down at the milk bar again the lady's singing the opera and then he smacks dim on the on the on the thighs yeah and, and this is part of where we figure out that he's actually a minor which to me was quite a shock a minor oh yeah 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 uh yeah so i mean i guess in the book he's supposed to be 15 oh man or in the movie he's supposed to be around 17 or 18 right but yeah Malcolm McDowell, when he filmed this thing was 27 years old who looks every bit of it if not older <laughs> and definitely for, the, for this first bit of the movie until we find out when he wakes up in his parents house and he's he didn't show up for school yeah what <laughs> yeah exactly you're you're like brutalizing people and you, the main concern here is being tardy <laughs> Son, you got to get up for school. <laughs> the parents are terrible. I mean, beyond. Uh, oh, yeah. Terrible. <laughs> they they just don't know what's going on. Even his dad's like, you know, I don't know what he does at night. Uh, uh, you know. <laughs> yeah, the mom's but, yeah, like, I just was taking like, my sleepies or whatever. She just takes yeah. pills to go to bed, I guess. Right. And I, I, she's trying to get him up. And he's like, uh, you know, I, I got to get my rest. If I go to school now, I'll bound to miss more school later if I don't, you know, get my rest. Yeah. And it's, uh, uh, quick thing is it seems like everyone in this universe and in this world are on drugs. Oh, absolutely! Yeah, it's yeah. I mean, I guess that's what they saw uh, the future. I mean, it's it's kind of accurate. I mean, is that so many people. On... I don't think so. I think there's no, like, definitely not. Uh, there's something where, like, I don't know, a third of people in the in America are on some kind of a drug, take some kind of a pill. 
Right. I mean, yeah. I mean, you look at the, you know, depression medicine and anxiety medicine and I mean, and then just <laughs> other medicine just to get get you through. Oh, you're unhappy? Here, take a pill. Oh, you're still unhappy? Take more pills. Right. You know, and yeah. maybe that's true for some people, but for most of us, you know, this is getting out of hand. Yeah. I, I, I felt like that was, yeah, almost like a... A really good premonition of the future that a lot of us are just going to be on something. Yeah, and I and I kind of want to say this now before I forget now because you know it kind of goes to the title, a clockwork orange, a clockwork orange. So, I mean, that's basically an orange is an organism, a clockwork is you know a, a, a machine basically. So, you know, it's basically you're you're organic on the outside, but a machine on the inside, and that's kind of what these pills are doing. You know, they're they're making people just machines. They're making people robotic. You know, it's it's kind of. Uh, you know, in 1971, that's kind of foreseeing kind of what the future is. I mean, you got people just walking around, you know, on these drugs and just uh, uh, can't can't function without them. You know, it's, that's exactly uh, right. And Alex, I'm sorry, Alex gets that uh, in in spades about this clockwork, and that becomes sort of the the dilemma of the movie, right? Of you as a as a as a moral person watching this movie, what is right and what is wrong? Are you you look like a human being, but you don't act like one because you've been like transformed in a sense. And is this what society wants us to all be? Which are these things that do what we're told always, and we have the proper response. And that starts to feel a little bit creepy, doesn't it? Because it, yeah, it, you know, you see this stuff going on like on Twitter, where like. And, at this point now, I'm afraid to even freaking write the wrong thing on Twitter, which I try to keep to myself now. Because if you write the wrong thing, and if you get a job five years from now, they're like, hey, so-and-so said X, and you know now he needs to die. Uh, right, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, we're, we're, it does feel like we're controlled. See, I mean, that's where this movie's kind of relatable, and that fact is just... Yeah, I mean, we're we're kind of just being controlled by just socially, you know, we're even controlled. You know, obviously we're, you know, there's issues of being governmentally controlled, but you just go through your everyday life and you're just kind of robotic. Just, all right, I wake up at this time every morning. I go to work from this time to this time every right. morning. And then I have my nightly routine every night. It's just like, you know, you're just kind of just are robotic in that sense. So it's like, but, you know. It's yeah, <laughs> it's weird. It's, this this movie starts. It, it it couldn't have possibly known what was possibly known what was going to happen, but it it feels like it's sort of on the edge of it about yeah general mentality, general outlook on things. Uh, now, before Alex becomes the Clockwork Orange, he's still a bit manic here, and there's that scene. He tells his mom, "Yeah, I'll be up after after lunch." Or what is he? What's the phrase, Ben? <laughs> Well, well, he tells his parole officer or whatever, like, I should be better by this after lunch. <laughs> Mr. Deltoid. How about this scene? Oh, my God. So interesting. This guy yeah. is so weird, right? I mean, he's, yeah. uh, Malcolm, uh, Alex is walking through his house, scratching his ass for like two minutes as he's walking. <laughs> yep, Walks exactly. by a spare bedroom and then into a room. And then, because you notice, and then he notices and backs up. And there's this man sitting there in this room. Who's clearly not his father, some man named Mr. Deltoid, who's like, Hey, son, what are you doing? He's like, It's this weird mocking sort of tone. Yeah. And he like, sits hey. 
Yeah, your your mom gave me a key. Yes, uh, you're, you're skipping school. Yes, uh, it's really gonna... bizarre. <laughs> yeah, it's so weird. He's, he puts his hand around his shoulders, and at one point he pulls him back onto the bed, so they're both laying down. <laughs> then he hits him in the balls. Right, yeah. there's a lot of ball hitting in this movie. Yes, there is. Yeah, like, it's... everywhere. It seems like everybody's. I think they're they're uh, the Alex and his gang. The Droog's uniform has like a ball protector. Right, like a jock strap or and, something. Yeah, yeah, something like that. They're all hitting each other in the nuts. It's like so juvenile. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, it definitely is Cooper. I mean, what do you make of this? And then Alex leaves, and then this guy takes a sip of this water that has the dentures in it. Right. Oh my god. When he's doing he did that, I almost vomited. The first yes. time I had oh. a gag, and thinking about it now, I might just hurl. It was so, so disgusting. It's <laughs> so interesting too. Yeah, just the choice they they made for him to do that. Like, was that like What's Kubrick telling? Like, yeah, it's just it's, again, like I say, classic Kubrick quirk, quirkiness. You know, it's uh, yeah that when he drinks that denture water oh it's so gross because uh, Kubrick yeah, has that, this like really weird sense of humor right he's right like, yep there's always a gag if it's not it's never obvious actually there's always something a little bit weird here that's gonna make you right. go <laughs> you know <laughs> Just gonna laugh because it's so like unexpected, you know. He'll have right. some super serious thing going on, and then someone will do something absurd just to like bust the tension that Kubrick's been building for that whole time. Right? Exactly. Yeah. It's it's <laughs> it's just so again like so quirky. It's, it's <laughs> I love it. I love it. It's great. I love it too. Um, it's brilliant. Yeah. It's like exactly when things feel like they're getting a little too intense, and someone yep. will just, it'll like just drink that's your water. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Oh, so great. And then, uh, so yeah, then Alex goes out. He goes to the record store. I love when he first walks into the record store. The music that's playing yeah, yeah. and the camera following him, and it's a long tracking shot of him just walking through the record store. Set design is beautiful. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, the two we, girls, right here. Yeah, that's where he meets the two girls. Now they the... eat. They're they're sucking on dicks. <laughs> <laughs> no popsicle ones. Oh, yep. Okay, sorry. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yeah, popsicle popsicle Excuse penises. Me, yeah. Yep. And uh, but this is the obvious implication. I mean, this doesn't end. The the, the sexual references right. are everywhere. And if you weren't confused, there everybody in this movie seemingly has nude art like graphic nude art yeah it's everywhere the graffiti <laughs> the art just everything is just <laughs> dick 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 yeah we're in some like bizarre sick society here and actually as alex is uh is going through the record store we see the there's a brief flash of the 2001 album yeah, that was cool. Yeah, a cool little nod to our tooth because that that's got great music in it. Uh, two thousand one, so yeah, obviously so, there's a record. So this happens. What we believe is nineteen ninety five. Uh, do we think this is the sick sick world and sick society that man escapes? Is could this pass? I didn't even look this up, but is it is it possible that this this is the same universe? I mean, maybe right. not. Probably yeah, I mean, not. Is this the, yeah, is this the same one? Because I mean, it's. Uh, it's yeah, nineteen ninety five. It's Kubrick. Is is it the same cinematic universe? Is this is this this society today? Why they start, you know, exploring elsewhere and try to get to get to Jupiter? 
Exactly. Yeah, that's 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 a cool thing to think about. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if it's online somewhere, but yeah, that would be cool. Uh, if uh, yeah, Alex meets these two chicks who are eating the penis lollipops or ice creams. <laughs> yep, and that takes them back to his house and has insane sex with them. Hyperspeeded, yep, like, hyper hyper sped up. Yep. And they does like it with them like five times each. <laughs> it's oh, just this like thing's roll. This thing's going on and on and on, right? I right. mean, yeah, yeah. That's quite. They're this, getting that's the quite. one's getting dressed while he's doing it with the other, and then you know he gets. Then he's done there. He's like, oh no, get back undressed. And yeah, takes, this guy's like, having <laughs> more sex in like a, a sped up two minutes than I've ever had in my life. <laughs> <laughs> I know it's kind of sad, isn't it? Um, <laughs> and that uh, speaking of speaking of speeding up, we'll try to speed up the show for you folks here. But um, what's so so basically, yeah, he gets with his droogs. The droogs aren't happy with him because he's essentially their leader, um, and uh, you know they're they're not they're not happy with him. So they're like we're we want to do this mission or whatever. You know we're we're going to do this now. And he's like, oh, are we? All right. <laughs> you know, yeah, they start kind of challenging his authority here, right? Yeah, challenging his authority. So he beats him up on the boardwalk, hits one of them right in the nuts, and <laughs> throws the other one in. And uh, so, yeah, he basically shows them who's boss. But then, you know, they're back at the diner and they're, he's right. like... They're still going you know, through the, the other guys, even though he's in charge, they're going through... He's going through their idea, right? Right, exactly. Because he's like... You know, a good leader, you know, does, you know, does, you know, let them have a good idea. But he felt like they were going behind his back in the the beginning. But (laughs) yeah, he's basically like, we're going to do your idea, but I'm in charge. (laughs) Right. (laughs) (laughs) I get the credit. (laughs) And it's basically this cat lady who lives in this place. And we're going to shoot. There's apparently a lot of like gold and silver or something in the house. So. They're going to rob her, and this goes weird, right? Yep, it sure does. It sure does. Yeah, they, I mean, they're, they're, yeah, they, they, try to, they, try to, they try to do the old thing again of, you know, saying there's the a door. bad accident, you know, or whatever, and uh, she's not buying it, so he decides to climb through a window. Right, and, and she, uh, she rec- he says he uses the same line that he used on the first couple, the brutal rape and beating in the first video, uh, in the first time which is to say it's a matter of life and death which was reported in the newspaper said it again right. she recognized it as that immediately calls the police alex busts into that room and wow this seems strange because now <laughs> we we talked about the artwork and the depiction in this lady's house she has for some reason she seems single but yet she has all these paintings of like bent over spread eagle naked women right right yep it's strange <laughs> And then next to the door on this table is this giant dick, <laughs> plastic <laughs> dick and balls. Right. It, it actually kind of looks like an asshole too. Like it's like a butthole. It's, yeah. It's just yeah. Not, it, when I say giant, I mean it's like the penis is at least like two feet long. Right. And the, the balls slash asshole are <laughs> balls slash asshole. <laughs> that, I mean, this whole thing must be like fifty pounds to pick up. Right. And it and, like rocks on its side, and then Alex. Picks it up, and they start fighing. And this yeah, is another, he's this kind is of humorous. taunting her. Yeah, he's kind of taunting her with it, and he's <laughs> just like the camera angles, like showing like it going circles with him, and then like they show the angle of for her. Right, she's it's, trying to uh, fight him off. He keeps hitting right. her with it, and then finally she ends up on the ground. She opens her mouth, and he shoves this thing on her face. Yep, and he just thinks he she's knocked out. Um, or so did he, he? I mean. 
Well, yeah, I mean that's what it, that's what it seems like he's. He but thinks, you're gonna but do yeah, some, I mean, someone's on their on the ground, and you, you know, put something like that into their head. They're probably right. gonna die, right? Exactly. Yeah, uh, and then his uh, droogs leave him there. So that, yeah, he tries to get out, and uh, here's the cops coming, and they all like beat him. You know, so he stays there, or the, no? That yeah, they hit him with the the glass bottle or whatever. He's like, I'm blind, I can't see or whatever. Right. Cops um, catch him, and then this movie turns. And in that like interrogation room, when they first arrest him, that gets really weird. Mister Deltoid shows up. You see Alex's perspective of like being in the corner, claiming that he right. he thought she was alive. Maybe he did. I don't know. And it gets really creepy, right? They're like, maybe we should beat him or whatever they say. You yeah. know, he, it gets it turns, and you. I don't want to say sympathy for him, but they feel like whatever violence they're gonna like, beat, they're gonna like mess him up now. You know, right? Yeah, definitely. And then yeah, you even get spit in the face by by deltoid, uh, and uh, yeah, I mean it's just. Uh, I love Malcolm McDowell in this movie. It's it's crazy that he didn't get nominated for an Oscar for acting for this, because uh, I think his performance is outstanding. Oh, brilliant! Uh, yeah. In this, absolutely outstanding. Um, but yeah, it's uh, yeah. What what a turn this movie makes. Um, yeah, he goes to jail and then he ends up uh, catching up with this uh, like the religious order, and he's like happy and and like friendly to the priest. And then you see inside his head again, which Kubrick shows us. He's like. Yeah, I've been reading this Bible thing, and then I, I'm thinking about Jesus, you know. And then he imagines himself as the Roman soldier whipping Jesus. Yep, that's where uh, his mind goes, you know. Yeah, like He's, in like the, the laying with the other wives or whatever, yeah. you know. In, it's, like in it's not the, as the fun as the Old Testament, where I could like be a king and have the concubines lay about. Yeah, <laughs> what the heck is wrong yeah, with you, so, man? Like, yeah, you, the priest thinks he's like you know turning to God and stuff, whereas <laughs> yeah. he's just like, no, I just like it for this. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> the one whipping Jesus. Yeah, it's just <laughs> yeah, again, you still see where his mind is, uh, and then you get him um, going to uh, the the program. You yeah, know? they're sort of uh, lining up as uh, how funny is this? Like, I don't know if he's the warden or the chief or something like that in the. In the prison where they're lining up, like, shut up, hold it. He's like, shut your filthy hole, or whatever he says. You he's scum? Like, yeah, if you're filthy hole, you scum. Always yelling at him. This guy's like over, he's overly like formal about his salute and his steps right. and his speech. This is just pure, like, it reminds me a bit of Dr. Strangelove. Where oh, absolutely. Yeah, a lot of Dr. Strangelove there. Like, yeah. <laughs> over the top acting, you know, again, yeah. this like super serious thing, and we're just gonna have this one character be ridiculous. Like, oh, yeah, that was know? great. Oh, my god, yeah, I love that guy. <laughs> yeah, so basically, uh, Alex is gets signed up for or volunteers for or is chosen for this thing called the Ludovico technique, which is uh, going to solve violent criminality. And uh, wow, this thing is a bit nuts. He ends up in this movie theater, I guess, in the front row where they. Right. I'm sure most people are familiar with this. Probably you've seen this. They peel his his, his eyelids back with the Ugh. forceps or something. There, he's injected with some drug and then sh- shown depicts depictions of violence. We see Nazi Germany. We see people that look like him, sort of beating up other people. We see like war and all this crazy stuff. And he's supposed to the drug make him makes him sick, so he is going to associate violence that he sees. 
you know, in front of him with how the drug is making him sick so that now in the future, whenever he wants to commit violence, he's going to feel that sickness that he got out of that drug. It's really intense, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's mind control. I mean, yeah, when he starts to... Uh, freak out he's starting to yell you know uh, get get that sick and then when they start playing uh, Beethoven behind it that's when you really start feeling more for him because he's just like it's a sin it's a sin you know because he's gonna now start feeling sick when he hears that Beethoven song that he loves like that's what he got joy out of that was harmless you know he got joy out of obviously violence and rape and everything but the one joy he got out of that was harmless was this Ludwig van you know and now it's gonna be something that um you know he detests uh yeah so it's this in a sense this is this this part's more hard to watch than you know the the earlier scenes with the violence and everything this this is a little more hard to watch you know yeah i agree i mean the fact that that not only are they taking away the bad parts of his life but now they're like removing the one of the few things that he has pleasure of right i mean you're at least allowed to be happy no but not yeah you're so, taking away free will at this point yeah you know? what do you do with with that and you know as they said before they are doing this like evolved treatment and we're like oh well we need to make room for the political prisoners they're coming in soon and yeah, that just doesn't feel right right i mean we're gonna right. start messing with people's minds and then after that there's this sh- there's basically this show where he's on display and this I think the the original doctor who designed it comes out and starts insulting him, slapping him, egging him on to violence, and and he has no no ability to defend himself, as you just said. Right. All of that idea, it's not you know, violence and self defense are two very different things. Right. Yeah. You know. And yeah. If you can't, def- if you get sick just from even wanting to defend yourself, like. How how right is that, you right. know, to, to take away that from someone, you and know? And then they bring out a woman uh, who's topless in, like, a, some thin bottom, and he's going to grab her boobs and then feels physically ill. Yeah. Again, rape and sexual attraction are not the same. Right. And it feels like they, they got rid of both here. Right, yeah. Anything... Yeah. Remotely, where you're attracted to a female, he's now going to feel ill and just reject it. Right? Yeah, it's it's yeah, it, it, it's crazy. Um, yeah, I mean, obviously, this is uh, mind control. You know, government mind control. I don't know if they were worried about this back in in 1971, but I mean, that kind of goes back to just like we were talking about with the pills, just everything, the medication people are on today. Just uh, what, yeah, we don't uh, do mind control now. We just like you know, you get like banned on Twitter or Facebook or something, and then and no one ever sees you. So it, it's a sense. It's not like you're like no one. No one duct tapes your mouth, but like, yeah, right. Well, that in its sense is 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 kind of mind control. You you can't say whatever you you know want, which sometimes you shouldn't say whatever you want. But at the same time, you you know you got that fear of you know socially you know being rejected, and then you got the fear of uh, being rejected in other means. Uh, just uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, you're asking me earlier about how do we feel now about watching that. I mean, what does a 1971 audience think about, you know, what's going on now? Right. You know, yeah. they come back, you guys have gone freaking nuts. 
<laughs> you what know, have I you mean, done? you guys are insane. I don't understand the, anything about what you're saying or what you do. You've you've, right. you've lost it. You know, I, this I, is far worse than clockwork going. That's <laughs> <I know. laughs> true. I mean, yeah, that's no, I mean, a good point. Yeah, but what, what would 1971 people think of us now, man? That's uh, yeah, that's that's crazy. But yeah, so but, Alex is out of this thing, and he's 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 healed, I guess. Right, he goes back to his home. His parents reject him. Uh, they've been. I mean, they were no help to begin with, and now they're they're worse now. They had another guy move in. <laughs> they're like goodbye, uh, and Alex goes through this thing, which I which I believe is a path of redemption, uh, where he basically faces all the people that he did he did wrong that we saw, and yeah. It's the question of punishment, right? Do you throw someone in jail, or do you have them do a Ludovico technique, or is there some way which you know you can't replicate in all society? But how do you heal someone? How does someone like pay for their sins? And I think this movie actually shows you how that's done. Yeah, yeah, it's 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 by facing your past, you know, which he does. He faces that homeless guy again. He faces, uh, what else is he? He faces obviously that the that guy again who he you know invaded their house. Yeah, so um, we get like he, that that the wife is now dead. He's a cripple because of what they did. He's got this like weightlifter assistant that helps him yep. around. Which is David Prowse, good old Darth Vader. <laughs> oh, that's wow! That's really <laughs> yes. In like yeah, that's a, a semi-silent role, right? You're just like a bodybuilder. We're yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. So this was six years before before Star Wars, but yeah, he, he yeah essentially does nothing. But yeah, yeah. The the the, the woman uh, died, which the husband says is was you know due to the rape. Um, yeah, but it well, was no question. A, I mean, it was uh, ridiculously traumatic. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, it's <laughs> yeah. How do you how do you how do you go on living after a, a traumatic experience like that? Well, it's interesting um, because Alex becomes sort of famous for going through this technique, and he happens upon this house by accident because he finds his old droogs, his old friends, who are now cops. Who beat the hell out of him in the country? And I love that uh, that shot of them him them walking through the woods. Yeah, like when the camera's following them, you just see the backs of them. I mean, usually you know, cameras always in front, but you just see the backs of them. They're just walking in the woods at the music. Uh, just the great shot. But yeah, they beat the crap out of him. They almost drowned him to death. Um, and uh, like for like why like. Because they're they just don't want they're they're crazy and they don't want to lose their power they they've been militarized or they're you're like you give thugs a badge is that what's going on here? Yeah, I mean there's there's something about it. I I know the the guy who's you know the typewriter guy, the wheelchair guy now essentially says something about how you know thugs are now being you know. But bigger than that, though, I think it's Alex to face all of them, right? Right, exactly. Again, I, get, I like what you said about how. You know, this is the part of redemption is, you know, confronting your past, which is uh, a powerful thing. Uh, it's uh, and I love how it's actually literally shown here is him confronting his past. And the typewriter guy is like all behind him. He's like, what the government's doing is wrong until he's like, I'll take a bath. And then Alex starts singing, singing in the rain again. Right. Which brings back all this memory. And the guy figures out. Oh my god! It's the same freaking guy that ruined my life. And then there's this weird scene 
this dinner scene where he's like having him eat this pasta dish and then this wine he keeps like drink he's like here more wine he does this twice he pours the, pours the glass of wine this is really uneasy because you as the audience knows and and Alex doesn't know well, he, it seems like he's starting to suspect at that moment that yeah. something's a little off here. He's still Why very is this guy... agreeable, though. Right. <laughs> he's like, all right, sir. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'll drink this one. And then um, they, he calls his friends. They go to this house. Alex wakes up in this unfamiliar place and then starts hearing this music, right? Yep. This loud music, Ludwig van. <laughs> Ludwig van. Blaring. Blaring. Can't handle it because... The Ludovico technique has basically ruined him to that. Right, exactly. Yeah, he can no longer listen to that, which is sad. So, I mean, this is another uncomfortable scene to watch is him going crazy over this uh, this uh, music playing. It's just, uh, it's again, it's it, it's sad. It, it's it it's bringing him to a point of suicide. He he, can, he he it's making him feel so terrible that he wants to kill himself. Something, something that he used to love, you know, is has it was taken away from him now, and now he is repulsed by the the sound of it again, all the way to to the brink of suicide. It is sad. It's really unfortunate, and you like almost feel his pain. He's banging on the floor, telling him to stop, and then this is insane. What 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 Kubrick does here? He like just like goes below the floor to show you this man. In this really dark, lit room, he's like looking up (laughs) at the ceiling as this music is being played. And the camera then backs out, showing these huge speakers on like a pool table. Right. (laughs) Oh, man, this is the way this whole thing is lit. It's so menacing what this man is doing because what you feel is like you know that he knows that he's inflicting physical pain on him. You know, this was all designed this was all like right yeah his payback yeah and his it's payback brutal. exactly yeah it's it's definitely brutal and yeah the way he's looking up this guy reminds me of hector from uh breaking bad yep looks just uh, like this looks just like him yeah he does like he's in the wheelchair and he's like making these weird facial expressions and everything he looks yeah, just he's, like, like kind of moving his mouth for no reason and like doing bug eye right yeah exactly uh, so yeah, I mean, obviously he's against the government and everything. So he's like trying to say like, oh, the government's trying to control people, so we got to get them overthrown or whatever. Uh, so yeah, I mean, that's 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 what what he's involved in. So yeah, he tries to kill himself, but uh, my dear brothers, what do you know? I did survive. Otherwise, I wouldn't be telling you this story or you know whatever he says. But uh, that's that's how they bring him back. But yeah, he's now sitting in the hospital and casts and everything. My interpretation here, there is that he had to be brought to this point that he was willing to end his life uh, because the pain was so great. Right. I think that's part of the redemption story. I think we get a lot of we get a lot of Jesus image, imagery here. Right. Yep. Um, in his room, there's there are four Jesuses. Uh, Jesuses. Uh, Jesuses. The, the four in his gang, um, and then of course the thing we talked about where he's like he imagines himself as the Roman soldier whipping Jesus. Um, and you know Jesus goes willingly on the cross to sacrifice himself. And Alex willingly is going to throw himself out the window to die. And I think that's like the test in a way. He has to be driven to that point where he's not going to be that selfish guy that's going to just be this jolly, violent animal. 
He has to be driven to the point where he's going to end his own life. And you're going to jump out that window. And God's like, no, no, no. You're not done yet, buddy. Yep. <laughs> I'm not <laughs> done with you. Yeah. So, yeah, well, exactly. That That's how I saw that. Yeah. No, that's a good call. Yeah. I mean, I didn't. I didn't think of it like that, but now that you said that, yeah, that's it. That's a great call. I mean, that's it's, uh, yeah. I mean, because there's a reason that he's bringing up the the Jesus references and everything. I mean, there's again, Kubrick has a reason for everything, right? You know, why he brings it up. Why else would he have zoom into the you know those four Jesuses in his room, you know, with the one arms up, uh, just their one hands crucified. Yeah, Alex you know. was like the only the true one of them, I guess to right. say. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, I mean he needs to, you know, go through go go through suffering, you know, he needs to go again, go to that point of, of suicide and, and yeah, it's uh but again, yeah. There's no reason for him to have lived through that, right? That seemed like a third story drop onto cement. Yeah. I mean just yeah. There's no yeah. coming back from that. Right, <laughs> definitely. So, I mean, yeah, I mean, obviously he is, uh, I mean, yeah, maybe, you know, him being on the bed is his resurrection. I mean, not to compare Alex to Jesus, but. Uh, there is something going on. I don't think it's accidental. And yes, this is, a, yeah, in a, in a sense, a resurrection, as you say. And yeah. he gets put into this hospital ward all by himself. He gets cared for over, an, I don't know how long it is, but it's not quick, I, I don't think. Cause he's badly injured, so I think he's been cared for for a while at least. Right, getting hand fed. He's in a new environment. He's in an environment where he's got to like start processing things for real, and he's given some tests, which I don't know how to interpret that. Uh, oh, the, the the when she's uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah the the dialogue test. I don't know what's yeah, going the on di- here. <laughs> <laughs> what, what, yeah, he, he's he's giving like these crazy answers, like, oh, you got some eggs? Uh, I want to smash them." <laughs> We're all laughing. Like, what is he? Is he is he like growing as a human being? Is he right? Is yeah. he joking? I, 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 don't know. I think this is his point of just kind of he's realizing he has a choice now. He can he can say those things without feeling sick. This is kind of him starting to you know feel you know that free will again. So you're saying um, that he's like busting through that programming that he yeah has? that's that's what this scene feels because okay. i mean again this wasn't in there for nothing <laughs> no I not think at all th- this had to have meant had a meaning and i think yeah this is him kind of breaking through that and getting to that point of you know i i have a choice again yeah you yeah know? what am i gonna do with that choice <laughs> it's so just strange but hilarious yeah. <laughs> you know yeah so I, I i think i'd agree i'd agree with you on that interpretation uh, not much longer we get the Minister of Interior reappearing, the, yep. you know, the guy who first uh, put him in the Ludovico program and you know the side of the government that was involved in that shows up. You know This has been very embarrassing because what we found out was after uh, Alex went through all this, this was very publicized. <clears throat> so the government wants to save face and they want Alex to be the one to say like, yeah, it's not so bad and you know we'll give you a job and whatever. But that's not really... That's nice for the story, but you don't really care about that, right? As right. Viewer, yeah. You're more care. You care more about like how Alex feels, not what the government cares about. Definitely. And they send in the press here, and they're all flashing photos, and Alex is smiling. I mean, this is basically the end of the movie, right? Right. <laughs> yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Because yeah, the government's like, you know, we, you know, you, you know, we're getting blamed for your suicide attempt, so we, yeah, we want you to, you know, kind of say that nope, it wasn't us. 
you know, you're fine, and you know, we'll we'll give you a job with the government and everything. Yeah, um, and then oh, yeah, a there, funny bit of I'm sorry, I just totally remember go ahead. this funny yeah. thing about Kubrick humor. While Alex is is laying in the bed, oh, uh, yeah. in the hospital bed, moaning, and you're oh, and then you hear this like female. Uh, and it's back and forth, back and forth. It's like, what the hell is going on? And then this lady like jumps out with her boobs popping out. It was just like her banging in the doctor, like <laughs> exactly. You're like, oh, what's going on? What's going on? Oh, yep, that's just sex. <laughs> yeah. Well, and also I like nothing, when right, just for humor. Yeah. Well, I also like when that government guy's feeding uh, Alex, and then he <laughs> opens his mouth all strangely, like, <laughs> come on. <laughs> yep. Where's my next bite? I'm hungry. Yeah. Whatever you say, sir. Okay. I'll lock my peas now. Yeah. It was hilarious. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So yeah, again, again, Malcolm McDowell is great in this movie. Um so yeah, then uh then yeah, so they're getting pictures from the press, like a photo op or whatever. And then and then what happens? We well, get I mean, Malcolm McDowell is happy, he's smiling at everybody, he's looking at everybody, and then something weird goes on with his eyes. It's almost like he's having a seizure, in a sense. His eyes go almost like rolling back in his head, and then we see a final image in his mind, one of many that we've seen throughout the film. And this one is not scary, or dark, or bizarre. Well, it's maybe a little bizarre. Yeah, (laughs) it's a little bizarre. It's bizarre, but it's not, it's, it's happy, it's it's a scene of snow and it's Alex and a blonde girl having sex in snow in the middle. And then to the sides are well-dressed people cheering and just celebrating this act. And what the heck is going on here? It's beautiful. (laughs) I love it. And Alex is like, well, I guess I'm all cured now. Whatever he said, I'm cured. All right. I'm cured. All right. Yep, exactly. What did you make of this scene then? Uh, I mean, it's it's kind of uh, a liberating scene. I mean, I kind of took it as he's he's gonna go, you know, at back to his old ways again, you know. But I also took that as he's he's cured from the um, the mental, the brainwash. You know, he went through the the whole program he went through. I kind of took it as that. How did you take it? I thought this was like um, Alex finding a sort of middle way here. He's like broken through he's yeah. sort he's had a, the first normal thought normal happy thought in right. his mind that we've seen throughout this whole movie so i think he's changed in a way i think yeah that's a good call too yeah because i mean his other thoughts were just so gruesome and it's so just weird where this was just again everyone was watching and you know it was i was happy and th- this time it was consensual you right. know it was this it was wasn't a consensual rape. thing yeah exactly yeah this so, the girl was on top she was happy they were like right. frolicking and everyone was cheering great call yeah i think he found a way to to make sense of things and to sort of think normally and maybe right he, he needed like that time that that sacrifice that he made to throw himself out that window to like heal and <laughs> And be loved, at least love in the sense of being cared for by other people, where he was able to think normal thoughts, and now he's ready to like 
Yes, I want to get married. I want I want a woman. That's what I want for myself. Yeah, yeah. Because I mean, he he went through that whole thing where you know he's getting you know uh, he gets thrown in jail, and then when he gets out of jail, you know after that whole mind wash thing, he has to you know he gets basically rejected by his parents. So yeah, then he goes through and confronts his past. So yeah, I mean, this is basically him learning from all that now. Yeah. You know, this again, well, like you said, this is kind of a redemption movie. He's he's redeeming himself at that point. Um, well, yeah, he, didn't so. re- he didn't redeem himself. He almost redeemed his inner self. Right. He redeemed himself for himself. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, yeah, that's a good call. Even if we're wrong, this like last, I don't know, is, is it five seconds? But it's five seconds of absolute beauty. Yeah, <laughs> I know, right? Yes. So, so yeah, I think I think there is hope for Alex here. I think, uh, yeah, it's him kind of uh, overcoming, you know, that that society, overcoming what they're trying to do to him. Right. You know, I don't know exactly the answer, but I, I don't think it's bad. I think it's good. I think yeah. there's something right here. Something something clicked in him. That's correct. Yep. That exactly. There's hope for Alex. Yeah, and I don't, I don't know how to, how to how to deal with it exactly how it happened or what, but yeah, oh, it's beautiful. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, another great, beautiful Kubrick film. All right, so yeah, we do have some Twitter questions slash comments we want to get to. We put out a tweet not too long ago that uh, asked you guys to give your thoughts and everything. So we definitely want to read those on the show. Uh, first, we have Believer Skeptic Podcast. Uh, they say, I do not condone violence or misogyny, but this is one of my favorite films. Kubrick was way ahead of his time in the way of the direction and production. For a film that came out in 1971, it feels like something that could be released today. It's true. I mean, yeah, I mean, we obviously don't condone that either. But yeah, I mean, it's still just such a well-made film and just, uh, yeah, the themes it touches on and everything. It, 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 it hits home even today. Oh, definitely. It's totally brilliant. It's The violence is horrific in a lot of ways, but not, as we said, not bloody or graphic. It's very psychological and it's done so... <laughs> So well cinematically and choreographed so well. And then you get Malcolm McDowell's performance in a lot of this stuff where it's very cheery and happy. Uh, and even when they're fighting with another gang, like I said, it's like, I don't know, some sort of choreographed, stylized violence sort of thing. Yeah, it's not that bad in a way, it, you know? No, yeah, I mean, it's, <laughs> again, it's, it's just so well crafted and everything that it's just, you kind of... You kind of it's it's hard to <laughs> hard to look not look past it's hard to look past the good filmmaking you know it's um, again it's you don't condone that that kind of thing it's just but again Kubrick puts it in there for a reason it's not senseless if it was senseless I could see it you know being more disturbing or whatever but yeah hundred percent I mean you don't want to see rape or any of that stuff but yeah it's not it, it has a it, you need to see that as a larger port point of the story and where the character is going, not just for itself. Yeah. And then uh, the IMDb Journey podcast, Daniel and Dean over there, uh, which we're trying to collaborate on an episode with them. Uh, Daniel and Dean ask, Kubrick banned this film from British screens when it was released due to issues of copycat violence. How do you think this film would be perceived in this day and age if it was a new release? Um. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I'll go ahead and take this. Um. I. I think we kind of touched on this and the idea that 
We've seen some crazy stuff since 1971 that it wouldn't be such a big deal, but you know, to try to come up with something that would be equivalent of that and the idea of copycats, I, I feel like in our day now we don't we're not so concerned with copycats and maybe we should be more um because we yeah, we see like the mass shooters, you know, the people that shoot up schools and I don't know, movie theaters and crazy people like that, they're given a lot of press, which I think might encourage people to do it, you know, not just from a movie, just from your life. So, yeah, I, I think in general, I think I want to discourage, you know, you know, um, I don't know, making people famous for the bad things that they do. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, that's why I've, I've always been an advocate of not sharing the, uh, you know, the criminal's name you know the person who shoots up these schools and things not share their names don't show their pictures or anything um things like that but uh but yeah i mean how this would be this actual film would be perceived today again i I don't think it would be uh you know i think again like you said we've seen pretty bad films since then you know not bad films but just there's been a lot worse things in films that i've seen since this so i don't think this uh would have been would be very controversial nowadays no but to just sort of put myself in that idea i can i, I get it though and i get why you wouldn't want that sort of thing and maybe we we're missing some of that today yeah uh, Way talk, uh, Wink Talk Radio podcast says, "What's your thoughts on the use of the improv in this movie? I.e., Alex singing in the rain. Loved it. Thought it was great. Great addition. God, it was brilliant. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and, and something you said earlier is that you know I think Kubrick was finding the scene flat and maybe too brutal. Right. <laughs> yeah. You know, like we said, let's just you know stylize this thing a little bit more and um, sing." And in the rain, but <laughs> I'm gonna kick. You yeah, know? it's like yeah. I mean, it it makes it it just adds to the gorgeousness of it all. <laughs> Definitely it, that that little mini celebration of violence, which we're saying is not really the point of the movie, but you you definitely get a little bit of it. Yeah, you, and you get to you get to giggle a little. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, which helps, I think. Yeah, definitely. Sure. Yeah, otherwise, yeah, it would have been too brutal. Uh, Film Inquiry Podcast Network. They say, uh, "Is this the ultimate nature versus nurture movie?" Hmm. Yeah, that's an interesting one. What do you What are your thoughts on that one? Yeah, because uh, and this is actually something we haven't didn't mention quite yet. But there's um, in Alex when he's dealing with the church thing when he's in prison. There's the priest there. He's objecting to the Ludovico treatment because he's saying, you know, you're going to take away his free will. Uh, and he's like, he's not going to be able to choose as a moral agent. And they're like, nah, it doesn't matter. We just care about what's like, what's breaking the law and what's not. Um, so I think it's more about free will than nature versus nurture. But those things kind of tend to run into each other yeah i mean because i mean you got the the again nature versus nurture you got the nature which is the organism the orange you know versus nurture which is something that you know you're trying to fix you're trying to control you're trying to you know grow or whatever uh so yeah i mean it's basically those two elements against each other it's that organism versus the the control um so, yeah, it's like, are you born a bastard and you're always going to be a bastard? And if we can change that, then, you know, maybe it doesn't matter where you live. But I don't know. There's there's a lot of that going on. 
his parents are weird. Um, they're really bad. And then they change the environment drastically through this treatment right. thing, which I think changes his nature. But I don't know. I almost feel like I, I think this movie sort of splits the difference on this, you know, versus what you're naturally inclined to versus what we can expose you to. Because even the, the, the two treatments of the how do you treat the prisoner, but either throw them in jail or do the Ludovico technique. I think this one kind of finds a middle ground here. It's not that you're predisposed to be an, an asshole or you're conditioned to be an asshole. It's that you need a little bit, you need a little bit of help along the way. Right. And I think even Alex, like going through what he did when he decides I'm going to throw myself out this window and die. He's still himself. His nature hasn't changed too much, but he gets a lot of nurture. He gets loved by the by the nurses and by the people taking care of him in the hospital. And I think maybe the movie's trying to say, like, if you're sort of not so great, maybe, you know, it's a little bit of both. You can get some nurture and some nature. Yeah. Maybe Alex never had any kind of love in his life. I mean, his parents are terrible. Yeah, it's definitely um, interesting to think about it like that. Yeah, and is this a nature versus nurse, nurture movie? I mean, it's yeah. It, I guess I never thought of it in that regard. But yeah, I think uh, I think you can definitely make that case. Yeah, and to what extent can you actually make a real moral choice? Right, that's that's hard. Definitely. Um, it, but he does. I think in the end of the movie, he does make a real choice. Yeah, I think that that's the, what it seems the, like. Anyways, yeah. Um, this that beautiful scene at the end where he's. Having sex with that girl in the snow. I mean, that's not... I don't think that's either nature or nurture. I think that's a free will choice where he's imagining that in his mind that he wants... That's an ideal in his head that he wants to reach. So maybe he breaks through both. Right. That's my answer. Yeah, there you go. Uh, at Nerd... Nerdonis asks, After you've seen the movie, do you plan on trying the old N- N64 game Conquers Bad for Day? Booty camera work aside, it's loaded with cinema references, even worked in one or two to this movie. Uh, never heard of that, but uh, yeah, I'm going <laughs> to do some Googling and check out Conker's Bad for Day. <laughs> okay. There you, Sounds yeah, fun. Yeah, definitely. Uh, Interesting where if they're throwing in like Easter eggs for in, uh, video games for Stanley Kubrick <laughs> references, I think that's pretty cool. Definitely. At... Achi Yum asks thoughts on the creative changes made from the novel to the film adaptation. Um, again, uh, it pointed out. Uh, well, I, we recorded this episode first, so I didn't point it out yet here. But uh, some of the differences, like uh, he again, he was fifteen, and the girls he slept with were ten years old in the novel, and he like That's raped bad. and drugged them. So I'm glad they made that change. I don't like that. <laughs> uh, so, and I guess in the novel, the original British version, he like goes back to his old drug ways, and uh, but then he sees an old rival uh, gang member, um, you know, kind of living a normal life, and then the book ends with him having that notion of you know maybe I want that for myself, just having a normal, violence-free life, you know, everything. Like oh, interesting. That. I think I like uh, Kubrick's version of that much more. Me too. Um, yeah, and. Just before we go too yeah, far, yeah, because Kubrick's more subtle too. You know, you, you he he lets the audience decide a little more. Yeah, I mean, his endings in all of his films are great, aren't yeah. they? I mean, sometimes you're left with endings that are like, eh, you know, like not quite resolved. And 
if we at least the three that we've done, Strange Love with the <laughs> the nuclear explosion, two thousand one with God Baby, and then uh, this movie with this beautiful scene. I mean, it's like three or four seconds of slow motion. Right. It's gorgeous, and it just gets your mind rolling, right? Definitely, it's incredible. Yeah, yeah, it's it's great. Yeah, I love Kubrick's endings, but um, and then uh, just a couple more here. So, more gooder than podcast says, freaking disturbing. So there you go. <laughs> um, yeah, I, uh, uh, there's no question about it. It's definitely disturbing. I mean, it, it, you have to like you have to start rationalizing what's happening before your eyes. And if you can't do that, then it gets really scary really quick. Definitely. And then the Homework Club says, Amazing director in A Clockwork Orange is an amazing movie. We discussed this on episode two of our podcast. So, yeah, def- check that one out, the Homework Club pod. Yeah, for sure. There you go. All right. So, yeah, that's all. Thank you so much, everyone, for sending in your Twitter uh, questions, your Twitter uh Twitter uh, comments, everything like that. So we really appreciate that. And uh, so, Dave, let's get into our final rating for A Clockwork Orange. Uh, so yeah, again, this is an incredible movie. It makes you think. It makes you, uh, uh, again, I like how you brought up how it's a redemption movie. Yeah, there's just so much violence. There's so much, uh, again, uh, misogyny and everything like that. It's just, uh, it's, it, it can be hard to look at, but just the way Kubrick directs it and the, the each scene, how each scene is crafted, it's just amazing. Um, and, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's hard not to, uh, you know, call this uh, just short of a masterpiece. Uh, just uh, again, the themes it has with the the whole Clockwork Orange. You, you can't truly control an organism. An organism, and if if you are controlling them, if they are a clockwork on the inside, you know they're not what they appear to be on the outside. You know, it's just uh, it's just crazy how deep it gets. Anyways, my rating, I give this thing four stars. Um, and I, I'm, I'm a little low on the popcorn. I give it one and a half buckets of popcorn just because I don't see this as a movie I'm going to constantly revisit, uh, just cause it's not an easy thing to just flip on, but, uh, be, yeah, I, uh, just four stars for its filmmaking and just, uh, uh, the, the themes and, and, uh, and everything it has. Yeah. I'm pretty close to you. I've got four and a half stars and two buckets. So I think I'm just, just a little bit ahead. I was really Happy with this movie. I I think both of us, Stanley Kubrick is rapidly becoming our favorite director. <laughs> yeah, seeing his stuff, it's incredible, and it's not replicated. And maybe it can't be replicated. This movie is really really good. I go see it. I don't know what what else to say. I think we've said everything possible. Uh, but you know the story, the stylized violence that you're not really mad at. It's showing you something brutal, but you're like. You understand why, um, and especially by the end of the movie, it's it's so bizarre. Like in a lot of ways, this movie it's highly interpretive as Kubrick is. Really interesting. It's quite a dive for sure. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, it's it it is a ride, and yeah, just uh, Kubrick. I'm just so glad we're we're kind of. Can we do more? Getting getting more. Yes, let's do more. And uh, which got me thinking. I was thinking like Vertigo. Like I was also thinking like it got me thinking about that. I kind of wanted to do more Hitchcock too. But uh, I would too. I'd love yeah, that definitely. But maybe um, we should just start mo- instead of like um, doing recent stuff. We should just do like if we're not doing the stuff that's out in the theater now, we'll just do more Kubrick. 
And if not Kubrick, do more Hitchcock. And we'll <laughs> just alternate between Kubrick, Hitchcock, and then whatever's out in the theater. There you go. Yeah, we can do that. We can do that. It's just... But there's also so many other good movies out there. I don't know. We'll, we'll, we'll see. We'll see. Yeah, ben, you know, Ben always backs out in the last second. Uh, yeah, that's true. And then I delete the files if after we've recorded. Um, but I'm not giving up. Uh, Kubrick is outstanding. And we're, we're definitely doing Eyes Wide Shut for sure. Actually, I, if we just went through the whole Kubrick catalog, it wouldn't even bother yeah. me. So. Path, Paths of Glory, The Killing, Barry yeah. Lyndon, Spartacus maybe. Um, we'll we'll, oh, that we'll one's see. That like a three hour plus. Yeah, so. I think Barry Lyndon is too. All right. <laughs> All right, folks. Well, that is it for us. Yes, I know it's a long, long episode today, but it was fun and it was great to go through this whole movie, A Clockwork Orange. If you haven't seen it, definitely check it out. It is uh, one you got to see before you die. Uh, Dave, any final thoughts? Uh, that's the, you know, see it before you die. Don't die soon. Just go see it. Where can they see you on Twitter? You can find me at Dave underscore Quist. I am at BC Court, and you can follow our shows at blockbuster cast follow us on uh we're, we've been uh less on youtube lately we've just been doing the audio version of our show uh just uh you know just trying to focus on the podcast end of things but we still do post it on youtube so check that out subscribe um and uh become a patron on patreon give us support help us grow the show we'd really appreciate that yeah we'd love and, that and uh yeah give us reviews ratings and everything on itunes um all right folks well that is it for us dave it's been a pleasure as always absolutely man take care so for davo and as always i'm ben can we end the show please i I don't know for davo i'm ben secord and as always grab some popcorn grab some snacks we'll catch you guys at the movies